live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. It was August 24th, 2012, as I begrudgingly grabbed a ticket as I entered the parking garage of the Westin Hotel in downtown Seattle. And immediately, as I drove in, what I call my budget-obsessed negative Nancy chatterbox started going on right as I walked, drove in. And as I went up the levels to find a parking spot, I had to constantly battle my inner negative Nancy with my self-caring therapist and say, relax, Stephanie, it's okay. You deserve this, you're fine. And as I pulled in, I had to remind myself, yes, it's been three months that you haven't worked and no, you haven't made money and it's okay if you pay the goddamn $25 to park the car. As I took out my luggage and I took it out carefully and I just had this constant battle in my head between finances and my normal neuroses of planning and what are you going to do. And I see the door of the hotel and I start packing up my luggage and I remind myself, give yourself a break. Three months ago, you flew in from Japan, you landed, the next day you went to your primary care doctor and I said, I have breast cancer, it's in my left breast. I feel it, not like a tumor, but it's tingly and it hurts and it's nagging, I've had these signs and I have a contract coming up so we've gotta take care of this. And I really appreciated that at 37 she took me seriously and she organized so that I would have an emergency mammogram and so I went two days later and at the end of that mammogram appointment the radiologist came in and said, Miss Brown, Stephanie, I'm sorry but you have breast cancer. And I thought, I know. And of course, that led to more tests and more tests and biopsies and more biopsies and 3D mammograms and needle core biopsies and radiologists and surgeons and plastic surgeons. And after all of this, everyone assured me, Stephanie, we've caught it early. It's small. There's no reason to believe that it's spread to your lymph nodes. You're going to be fine. You just have a small tumor in your right breast. And I thought, well, that's different. So I had to make a decision. And unlike many of my survivor sisters who don't get to choose their um, treatments, I had lots of options. So I got to determine what was best for me. And after going to all of the doctors and figuring out what I wanted to do, um, I really trusted that my cancer, right, and I really felt left was going to be okay and it was contained and so I decided that for me radiation wasn't the way to go and because I chose a bilateral mastectomy I wouldn't have to take hormone stopping therapy for five to ten years and I felt really good about this plan because that's what I do I make plans so there I was packing up my luggage and reminding myself Stephanie three months ago you were diagnosed you were treated and nine and a half weeks ago you had breast cancer and you had a bilateral mastectomy, and you had it in both breasts, so you won. Like you knew, you won. So I pulled my luggage into the Westin Hotel, and I told myself just to shut the hell up. You're going back to work. This was your plan. You should be happy. And so I took my bag, and I stepped onto the escalator, and I was like, 
this is a pretty nice hotel. And I can see the front desk, and I can see the elevators in front, and beautiful lighting and plants. And I enjoyed it for all of three to five seconds before I felt a little tug on my skirt. And you know, I didn't really wear skirts that much, but again, I was making life easy. I had cut my hair super short. I wore lots of things that were easy to pull up. I didn't really panic. Tugged my skirt, pulled it, didn't come undone. But when my skirt started slowly going down, I thought, oh shit. And I thought, you know, that's okay. that's okay. Like, is this a joke? There's no one behind me, okay? It's all right, I have super cute blue striped, full bikini cut briefs, like it's fine. And as my skirt lowered and lowered, now below my rear, all of a sudden I had the emotion for the first time that I hadn't felt and I'm balancing my luggage and I'm holding my skirt and I think, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and I hadn't felt that rage. And it was real. And again, I got to feel that for about three to five seconds, but my skirt continued to go down. And the escalator kept going. And my skirt kept going. And as it got down to almost my knees, I thought, this is an emergency. <laughs> and I thought, I am trained for this. The first two people who make eye contact, I say, you, get help. You, come help me. And as my skirt goes down to my knees, and I'm balancing my bag with my ass in the air, and the woman who is all of maybe five years older than me, has such a scowl as she walks towards me, like, why would you stand half naked in the hotel lobby? <laughs> and I think to myself, there will never be this moment. You will never be this raw. You are hairless, you are titless, and now you are skirtless. And I stood there, and as she begrudgingly also came towards me, and it dropped below to my shins, I looked at her and said, is it wrong that I want you to take a picture because nobody is going to believe this? And again, she looked at me with such disgust. By then, I just felt, own it. I dropped everything, and I walked off the escalator. See, the escalator wasn't moving anymore because my skirt was jammed in it. And the woman, who clearly offered no help, walked back to the elevator, and I stood in my underwear. And I started panicking then, you know, and I start to feel some tears coming on, and I'm like, I got this. And I'm kind of like trying to figure out, should I sit down on my luggage? And I don't, and the manager finally gets there, and he turns the corner, and he's like 23. <laughs> this is like his first day of manager on call duty or something, because he looks like he's going to be ill. 
And because I've started crying, the look on his face, I start laughing, and then I'm crying, and then I'm laughing, and then I'm doing that hyena thing, and he, he doesn't know what's happening either. And I look at the skirt, and I just say, that was $55. <laughs> and he immediately says, we'll, we'll pay you back, and this, this is happening, and the handyman comes, and he says, don't worry, ma'am, these escalators are so great these days, I'll get your skirt. And the manager has now started asking, can I send you some champagne? What kind of wine do you like? And as he's going and just making me more nervous, in that moment, there's the janitor and there's the manager, and I think, I have an overnight bag with pants in it. And I say, I have pants. And I grab the pants and I go to put them on and somehow they're offended and I should go to the bathroom to put them on. And I, like, been hanging out in my underwear. I'm good. And I put them on and finally I just say, listen, I'm not going to sue you. If you knew what a shit show my life was right now, you would appreciate this moment so much more. And I just said, please check me in. I, ha I haven't checked in yet. And he said, okay, you know, tell me your name. And I said, it's Stephanie Brown. But I got it through Priceline, so I'm sorry. It's a really good deal. And he said, no problem. And he takes me over to the VIP section. And I'm just, like, not looking at anybody. And I don't know if anybody filmed. I felt like that was a while ago. but. They asked if they could take my luggage up. They handed me an envelope, and they asked if they could take my luggage up, and I said, I need to be by myself. Thank you. <laughs> and I got up to the 39th floor and opened my door to the deluxe suite. And I saw the big king-size bed, and I jumped on it, and I opened this envelope, and there was $55 of petty cash fun, and I thought, now well, that's not right, because I really paid $12.99 at Ross. <sighs> but after I thought about it, like, I deserve it. I deserve it. So I laid there out and looking over my feet to the glass wall, looking over Puget Sound in downtown Seattle, I thought, I did not prepare for this. And then I kind of thought, well, you kind of own it like a badass. And I went to sleep, and I'd like to say that the next day I went on to my travel job, and from that moment on, everything was great. And I'd like to say that that moment, which I was so sure I would never feel that raw again, but it came again and again and again over the last four years in different ways and in ways that I never expected. And I never knew when it was going to happen or whose words or what actions were going to affect me. But one time it was the little boy who so innocently asked me, are you a boy or are you a girl? And of course he was being beautiful and young and I didn't take offense, but I did leave the room later and I cried and I thought, what the hell? Like, I wore dangly earrings, what the hell? 
had never questioned my femininity or who I was as a woman, and I knew breasts did not determine those things, but I was constantly being challenged about those messages. One of the worst times I was flying back from a trip in Germany, and what would be their TSA agent kind of took me to the side and started rubbing my flat chest and looking at me and scowling, and I tried to explain, breast cancer. I'm like, my boobs are on the conveyor belt. And they just scowled, and she literally grabbed my pants open, and she turned me around and grabbed my pants. And when I walked away, I was so shaky, like, again, I've always been self-confident and self-assured, and these moments constantly made me question, am I strong enough? Who am I? What is my vision of the world? And that happened again and again and again. Um, but every time, you're built up and you feel okay, and I was finally feeling really good about myself and getting back to a normal life. And things are good, they're still good. And I may have told this story just a little different a month ago. But what I realized is, this is not my cancer story. This is my vulnerability story. And three and a half weeks into a breakup that was not necessarily planned. And when you think about life, and again, it's a reframe, it's your vulnerability. You ask who you are and what is your future and what does that look like? And when I start getting emotional and I think, shit, I signed up for a storytelling class months ago. <laughs> and I think in that moment, you can do this because there was one time you stood in a hotel and you were hairless and you were titless and you were skirtless and you were a badass. So keep trying to do that. 